Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome back, Bears fans. It is another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. It's been a little bit, but we are back. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, as always. Good to be back. We have a good episode for you guys today. Going to talk about who the next likely Bears cover athlete would be for Madden. And we're going to do a little Would You Rather. Going to play, have a little fun today. And then we do have a very special episode coming to you guys down the pipe very soon. So stay tuned for that. We'll announce that on Twitter soon. So be sure to be looking at our Twitter on Bears Nation Podcast. But good to be back, boys. How are we doing? How's everybody doing today? Doing well. Uh, like you said, a bit of a hiatus, but glad to be back with you guys talking some Bears football. Let's go. Yeah, anytime anytime we're talking Bears football, it's always a good time. So, you know, good to be back like always. All right. Well, let's get right into it then. Uh, Kevin Lafko was kind enough to make a little itinerary for us today. So let's start with the first option. Madden cover just came out. It's going to be Lamar Jackson to nobody's surprise. Obviously, the MVP is... Most likely to be on there. And Lamar Jackson is young, upcoming guy, face of the NFL, one of the faces of the NFL right now. Not a surprise. But the question is, if the Bears got a cover athlete, who would it be? Should I, I say it? Should I say it, Jake? Should I say it? Oh, I my mean, God. We've, heard, we've heard the comments in the offseason. He's no, ready no. to go, and he's going to be the next. <laughs> no. oh Mitch he won't be the next cover athlete for the Bears. If I, if I had to guess, I mean, we haven't seen a defensive cover, a defensive player on the cover. So, I mean, I guess the most logical answer has to be Allen Robinson, right? I mean, that's really that's really the only logical answer. Now, it's not likely because when you think of Madden cover athletes, you really think of flashy type players and guys who are, you know, you know, Allen Robinson is a well-rounded player, but he's not flashy. And that is fine. And I don't care about that. But when you think about those guys who are, you know, very popular among uh, just not fans of the Bears, but fans all over the league, you're talking about guys who do spectacular things and, and are, are really just fantastic and Allen Robinson's a well-rounded player but he's not that flashy kind of guy so it's actually a really hard question I just thought it would be interesting to look at because the Bears have I mean have they ever had a Madden cover I don't think they have no no yeah I don't think so and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily unless somehow I mean I think there's a chance after what we heard from Khalil Mack a few days ago and from I mean god I mean if, if he has a uh, you know that season J.J. Watt had and I think like 2016 or something where J.J. Watt had like Four, he had like four pick sixes or something. He was going crazy. If he has that type sex, of season, yeah. yeah, if he has that type of season, I think you could see a defensive player on the cover of Matt and, and with Khalil Mack. So, but that, that's probably that's got to be the the most likely, right? Yeah, I mean, my mine is uh, mine's Khalil Mack easily, uh, just because, just because like I, I'm weighing it right now, and a good season from Khalil Mack is way more likely to get him on the cover than a good season from Allen Robinson. Let's be real. Allen Robinson's, I mean, he's going to be 
consistently putting up top 10 numbers as long as he's in Chicago, in my opinion, or very close to that. But um, I don't know if he'll ever get... I mean, I think as a wide receiver, you have to be the best wide receiver in the league that season to even be in consideration. Um, So, I mean, I think that's what it boils down to. And I think Khalil Mack um, is much more likely to have the stats of the best edge rusher in the league than Allen Robinson is to have, um, you know, stats as the best wide receiver in the league. So, yeah, I'll go Khalil Mack kind of to Kevin's point about the flashiness and whatnot. Um, Khalil Mack's fun to watch. So, yep, that's my pick. Khalil Mack. Yeah, so my initial thought was also Khalil Mack, just because he is a household name. Everybody knows him. But I decided against going with Khalil Mack because I I went this way with it. My thought process went, you need someone who's young. You need someone who is kind who can be there for a long time. Not to say, I mean, Khalil Mack's still young. He's not even 30 yet. But uh, my thought, and again, I went defense as well, but I'm thinking of Eddie Jackson. He's got, he's got the flash. He's got, you know, he's got the name out there already. He's been an all pro people recognize him now, but he's also someone who has the personality on Twitter, on Instagram, everything he's got, he's got the, uh, the brand, I guess, if, if you want to call it that, like he's got that he's recognizable and he obviously backs it up on the field. So I went with Eddie Jackson. I think that he is probably the most, because my thing is if it was going to be Cleo Mack, I think it would have happened already. But I, 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 I think I, I, I don't know though because Khalil Mack's never had a season with with twenty sacks. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't well, yeah. If he wins an MVP, then yeah, that changes things. Yeah. That that's. I don't know. Eddie Jackson's a good one. The only thing with Eddie Jackson is like, I mean, a DB. He'd have to win right. M- defensive MVP. Right. He'd yeah, have to win that, defensive that, player of the year. That's kind of yeah. That's the only reason. Because I, I was thinking about Eddie Jackson too, but I, I decided to go against it. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. No, that, I mean, that was the end of my thought. I mean, if we're going offense, because that's more likely, Allen Robinson, I think, is probably. Yeah. Unless unless we see the breakout from Anthony Miller that we've all been waiting for, then I think he has a shot. But like you guys are saying, wide receivers, like, it's hard to get that. Yeah. Unless, hey, maybe David Montgomery has something to say about Right, him. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know. I would not be. Ryan Nall, that's my pick. There you go. <laughs> wait on it. Just wait on it. Uh, All right, sticking with the Madden uh, topic, next one is give the Bears a Madden rating and rating some of the different players. So let's go with the overall team rating. Um, I honestly haven't played Madden in a few years, so I'll go last. But, uh, Kevin, if you want to start this one. So just for perspective, the 2019 Bears, who going into the season were regarded as one of the best teams in the league, uh, were rated an 84 on Madden, okay? And they have been now rated an 80 after the 2019-2020 season has concluded. So they dropped four points, but add a little bit uh, to the team going into 2020. So I would, I mean, I would give the Bears an 86 Madden rating. I mean, you look at their roster and you, what, do you think that's too high or too low? I think that's a big, I think it's a big jump. I think from 80 to 86, that's a big jump. Well, I mean... I never really thought 84 at the beginning of last year was justified. I think that was quite ridiculous. I mean, I I would put the Bears roster talent-wise up with some of the better teams in the league. I mean, when we talk about a well-rounded roster, sure, we have some players who need some things to prove. um, But by far the best defense in the league, in my opinion. Talented pieces on the offense. I mean, there are tons of players who are getting individual player boosts. You look at Allen Robinson, who's getting a huge individual player boost. David Montgomery proved enough to get a player boost. I think you, you, I mean, would you guys say the Bears are a top seven roster? I mean, I would say they're a top seven roster when you just take out 
when you when you just look at the talent that is there and you think about the individual talent and you put that together and you try to come up with a rating, I would say the Bears are top seven, almost even top five as far as pure roster talent. Um, that's tough. That's tough. I don't know. I mean, I would say top ten, um, for sure. Top seven. I mean, let's go down the list. Like, would you say? I mean, San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco, KC, Baltimore are the locks. I that's mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, who else? Phil, does Philly? I don't think Philly should be. I do not think Philly should be in the top ten as far as Philly has roster. lost a lot too. I think uh, the Vikings about, uh, should not be there. The Packers should not be there. How about the? Uh, how about the? Uh, I think I know what you guys are gonna say, but I just thought I'd throw it out. You're there. gonna say the Bucks, aren't you? No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys should be there. 100%. Pure talent on on paper, yes. Exactly, and that's what we're talking about. Is like you, you you have to take away the fact that Dak Prescott, you know, whether you like it, he's a talented player, and they have a lot of pieces. And while they really can't put it together and haven't put it together in the past 30 years, you look at their team right now, and it has talent, and that that's what we're talking about. So. Yeah. Um, for, for my rating, uh, I'm going to say an 83 or 84 is good. Um, I, I feel like that's, that's about where a wild card contending team should be around, I'd say, or maybe slightly, slightly above that. Um, and I think that's where we're at right now. I, I, um, you know, I, I was in full agreement with Kevin, um, about, you know, how talented this roster is and whatnot, but. Something changed uh, once we talked to our, our good old pal, J.J. Stankovitz. Like, he brought up some points that, like, I, I just haven't been able to get over. Um, just the whole quarterback situation, it, it's, it's tough to make any type of realistic prediction until, one, we know who the quarterback is, and two, when we find out how he's looking and how, how he's playing. I mean, we're, we're reading all this stuff that, yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear, but it's stuff that we've heard in previous years, and it's stuff that te- honestly doesn't mean anything until we see it on the field. So, um, you know, all this stuff is just a bunch of baloney to me. So, 83, uh, 84, I-, I think that's a fair rating, mainly because of the defense. Um, and then we added those, you know, solid pieces on offense, which I think improved us. So, yeah, 83, 84 for me. Yeah, I was going to go with 82, just because I think you are a better team. And I mean, like Kevin said, on paper, you look at this objectively, you have a great team. But I think 82 is fair. Uh, you have some better health. Akeem Hicks will hopefully be healthy the entire way this time. You add Cole Komet. You add Jalen Johnson. So you have pieces there. Jimmy Graham, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, you make some upgrades across. And then the quarterback position, for better or for worse, will figure itself out. So um, I, I think 82, I think it's fair. And. I don't think 86 is crazy just because I think you could end up there. But sure. I think right now, where we currently stand, I'm going with an 82. Yeah, because you probably look at projections. You say, well, Dave Montgomery should have a 1,000 yards right. this year. Jalen Johnson should be a productive player. And you, and you look at those types of things. And, and yeah, I guess that's optimistic considering I'm. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, that's what I imagine the team is going right. to be. But because that is unknown, I guess a lower rating is better. But I, I think... Chris had a good segue when he's talking about the quarterback conversation. I just want to bring this up. I don't know if you guys saw, Ted Ginn yesterday said, right now I believe that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be our starter. And he's actually the first player or coach to come out and actually make a prediction about the quarterback competition. And I, I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, the fact that, it, I mean, he's aware that this is an open competition. For him to openly say that he thinks Mitch Trubisky is going to be starter, I mean, is that a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something? Um, You know, I 
I think this is just another thing that that I just said. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. Like, I, I really don't think it matters what anyone really has to say right now. Like, we just have to we just have to wait and see. I I, uh, I tweeted this out about a month ago. I, I just kept tweeting about how Bears fans are literally only talking about Mitch versus Foles, and I get it. It's a big deal. It's probably the biggest conversation surrounding the Bears. But you know, the thing is, like. People who think Mitch are gonna Mitch is gonna win the job are not changing the minds of people who think Foles is gonna win the job. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you know we're not, we're going based off what we've seen last year, so or the you know the last couple years. So it, it's kind of like you, you can't make a pr- prediction and then you know th- there's just not enough evidence to actually have a concrete answer. So um, I'm actually surprised Ted Ginn came out and said that. I, I don't think that was a really good idea. Uh, yeah. Just because, like, it, I mean, if Foles wins it now, like, it, it's... I, I don't want to say he's causing, like, a rift, but it, it's almost like... I don't know. What? It's just not, yeah. I, just, I just wish he, he, he worded it a little bit differently. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with that. I think it's something in the vein that Ted Ginn is the new guy, and it's something where, like, you, like Chris said, you raise your eyebrows a little bit because... There haven't been in-person workouts. There have I mean, we've we've heard about these throwing sessions that Mitch has been doing with some of his teammates, yeah. and you know, we, we saw the interview with David Montgomery that he did, and he was at that uh, throwing session with Mitch. So maybe they have been getting some private workouts in. So maybe there is some credence to that. But I think in the vein that Ted Ginn's the new guy, and he's saying this, it is something. Um, you know, maybe it is baloney. Maybe it is that he's just going throwing his weight behind who he presumes to be the starter, who was the starter last year. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe if Nick Foles wins the job, maybe Ted Tengen will go, oh, yeah, Foles, the entire time. That's who I was. Yep, you got it. Like, <laughs> it, 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 could just, it could just be the new guy trying to win some points and try to get some uh, popularity points. But I think it's something. I, I think if everything we've heard about these private workouts is to be believed, I think there's a little bit of uh, substance there. I think it's really interesting you bring up these private workouts because – I mean, Nick Foles isn't doing these private work. I mean, he, he I don't think he's there. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just Mitch, Allen Robinson. I think Javon has been there. We know Dave Montgomery's there. But what I want to kind of bring up is, you know, people want to say, okay, this, this decision is going to be made by Matt Nagy. It's going to be made by Ryan Pace. But they have to remember that this is a team sport in the locker room. The players are going to have somewhat of a say on who they probably would rather. I mean, not a gigantic say, but, you know, there is going to be buzz in the locker room. The players are going to talk to the coaches. There is going to be ongoing conversation and a fluid conversation on who the players are leaning towards, who they've been, you know, meshing with. Because you don't want to have guys out there who don't want to play for a specific quarterback. And it's not because they don't not like Nick Foles. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, they don't like the way he's thrown to them, you know, X, you know, all these things. Comfort. So the fact that, yeah, comfort, the fact that Mitch Trubisky is out there throwing to these guys what we think is daily, I think is really big for you know, what they're going to say about him going into camp, especially if we don't have a big training camp, then this is just even more time uh, for Mitch to become more acclimated with some of these guys who are still in their first and second years. Yeah, I I, I kind of disagree with that just, just for one reason. I think the players are naturally just going to gravitate towards who they think is better regardless. Um, so I don't think yeah. they're going to be really picking sides or anything like that. I think they'll play for whoever wins the job. But um, I mean, the only yeah. thing the, the only thing giving Mitch the advantage, in my opinion, is the experience, uh, you know, with the teammates kind of to what you just brought up. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the only advantage I'd say he has. The thing is kind of to this is a question piggybacking off the 
fact that you said uh, Nick Foles wasn't there or hasn't been at like the workouts and whatnot. Um, do you think it's a worse look if, if Mitch is doing all this and he still doesn't win the job? Or do you think? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. we've seen it before. We've seen like, oh, Mitch is throwing this guy. Oh, Mitch is working out with the. We saw it last season, too. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then, you know, he belly flopped. So if he does it a second straight season where, and especially when you have stuff, I think that's, that's one of the reasons, like you said, Chris, like Ted Ginn saying these things could be a bad idea because if Mitch flops, then it's like, okay, what was all that about them? Where you're just blowing yeah. smoke where, you, you know, it could just be whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think like you said, the players have some influence, but at the end of the day, these guys <laughs> want to win. These guys want to be back at the playoffs. So if, you know, maybe Nick Foles isn't giving as many targets to Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller as they would like and giving some more to Ted Ginn or Javon Wims or who have you. But if it gets you in the win column, I don't think anybody's going to complain at the end of the day. The reason why I bring up this dynamic is because you look at it, Foles currently, I would say, has the advantage with the coaching staff because they yes. brought in guys who know Foles. They brought in guys who like Foles, who've worked with him and have worked with him for long periods of time and, and done well with him. And then you look at the other side of it and you say, okay, Mitch has been with these players. He's got the experience with them. He's working out with them in the offseason. And, and I just bring that up because, you know, there, there's, you know, people think it's not, it's just going to be made by Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is to come out there, make a decision. He all on his own. I, I promise you that's not the way it's going to be. He's going to want to take input from his players. That's the kind of coach Matt Nagy is. He isn't a tyrant. He isn't a dictator. He loves to listen to his players. He wants to know what they think and wants to know what's the best for the team because of what they think. So uh, it's just an interesting dynamic to watch for because coaches like Foles, players we would imagine like Trubisky, but you know, at the end of the day, you guys are right. Who, who's going to win them games? But that's really not going to be told. In, I mean, that's not going to be told in the pre in, in the training camp or preseason. We won't really find out until the season starts and whoever's going out there and putting a W on the board. So uh, that conversation is going to to continue and be a really interesting look on on you know how that conversation between the coaches and players is going to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be very weird. I, I think, like you said. Foles has the coaching staff, but it seems like as of right now, Mitch has the players. So, and that's assuming we even get a season at this point, which, I mean, <laughs> who knows? But, praying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we got baseball and everything else coming back, so I think we're yes. on the right track. So, all right, moving into our would you rather's, let's have a little fun. We did the Madden ratings. Let's do some would you rather's. Uh, this one is interesting. Uh, brings the Lions into it. Uh, that sad sack team, but. Would you rather have the tandem of Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller or Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones? Shoot. Man. I know. It, I know. I didn't want to do it to you guys with this. Would you rather. <laughs> it's uh, it, how old is Kenny Galladay? Uh, 25, 26, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are better than Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller just because I think Jones is better than Anthony Miller. Yes. Yeah. Um, right now, right now. But, but I think Anthony Miller is, you guys know how I feel about Anthony Miller. I think, I, I still think he's a great player. I still think he can be even better. Um, and, you know, Allen Robinson's Allen Robinson. So I, I, I'm 
choosing this answer based on what I think Anthony Miller can and will be. Okay. So here's my thing. I think a lot of people on first instinct would choose Galladay and Jones. Just if you look at the blind stats and if you look at just film or whatever, but when you're thinking about this, we're talking about the receivers outside of the quarterback talent around them. Matt Stafford is a top 10 quarterback, pure talent wise. Like he is a great quarterback. He earned that money for a reason. He was drafted as highly as he was. Like he is, it's not his fault that they never had a defense. They haven't had a running back in about 30 years. Like it's just, it's not his fault. He's a great quarterback. Um, Meanwhile, we have unproven Trubisky who's had his ups and downs, but I think, Youth and athleticism, I would go Robinson and Miller. But if you're looking at results, yes, obviously you're going Galladay and Jones. But um, and for the rec- and just for record's sake, Marvin Jones just turned 30 in March, so he's still pretty. He's got gas and tank, obviously. Um, but I, I would go today. I would probably go Galladay and Jones. But for the future, going forward, I would go Miller and Robinson. Fair. Yeah, you have to frame that question where it's like going in the future. At, at the end of the 2020 21, 21 season, I would probably go Miller and Robinson. But I want I want to bring this up. This actually just made me think of this, and I saw this on Twitter. Guys are throwing this around. Having Nick Foles as the quarterback, I think, would help Anthony Miller more than anybody because he's a guy yes. where you just need to put the ball in his hands and let him do his work. And uh, you know, he just wasn't getting the ball. In his hands last year, whether that was Mitch Trubisky not throwing it to him or he was he just frustrated and and every, things were just not fluid last year between the two. They were not on the same wavelength. So um, it, it will be interesting because everyone's like, well, who which players will benefit or take a loss from whoever is going to be the quarterback? And it was that one play against the Rams uh, that stuck out that the tweet actually aroused from was, uh, you know, I don't even remember. It was like two guys were coming in. Anthony Miller was all but wide open. Mitch just had to throw a little bit higher, swatted away by the defensive back. But Anthony Miller is a guy where it's just, you know, give him 10 yards in a little bit of space and he'll turn into 30. So that's where Nick Foles helps him. But yeah, I'll go Robinson and Miller uh, if we're talking end of 2020 season. But if you're saying right now, I think you just, without bias, have to go Galladay and Marvin Jones. But uh, we're, we're thinking big things for our two top wide receivers. Right, you're going big picture yep. with that as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with all questions, you just have to frame it right. All right, next, would you rather? Would you rather have Artavis Pierce as the running back three or go spend a little money for a seasoned veteran? Oh, oh, this is – come on. Easily the seasoned veteran. I mean, yeah. if especially if if this question allows me to pick which veteran I want. Uh, oh, that, that, choose that's it. No, that's a no. Oh, Lashawn McCoy, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lashawn McCoy, or mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I would even go Devontae Freeman. And you would not see any complaints from me. So, um, yeah. Oh, that hundred percent veteran. Um, that's that's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I I think the Chiefs will probably bring back Shady, um, but. There's also, I mean, there's still, like, Devonta Freeman still out there, which, I mean, he's probably going to be out of your price range. But, I mean, Lamar Miller's out there. Theo Riddick, I believe, is out there. Yes. Uh, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> so is Marshawn Lynch. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but, I mean, you, you got guys, I mean, CJ Procise is out there, Spencer Ware. Uh, let's see, who else? Wendell Smallwood. Rogers. You Bruce know, Rogers would, is out there. I would really, really, 
I, I would honestly be okay with Lamar Miller too as like an RB. Yeah. yeah. Like that in a committee, I would, yeah. I would easily take that. Um, yeah, he'd be a good change of pace guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like he's like that perfect in between of like Montgomery and Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> in a way. So it's like, I feel like it's a good balance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Spencer Ware even fits that description. Yeah. Oh, too. yeah. As, so, as an RB3, no doubt. Yeah, I, th- I think you're going with the season vet. Um, I think we talked about Artavis Pierce has speed, but you have speed with Cohen and whatever. So you got to get someone, I think. You want to bring that room together a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, you want someone. I mean, Cohen's not a rookie anymore, but still he's a younger guy. Like, you want someone who's been in the trenches there and has seen it all. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick, I would go Spencer Ware or Lamar Miller. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think season vet for sure. I guess I'm kind of bogus for immediately saying Artavis Pierce is uh, going to be the RB3. I mean, that's just, that's, I don't, <laughs> I, I just don't know. Ryan, no, sorry. I'm, yeah, I love you, man, <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I see bigger things for Artavis Pierce. But I'm on board with you guys with the season veteran. I think, I think that, I mean, obviously the whole pandemic has kind of thrown a wrench in everyone's off season, uh, you know, just daily activities. So they haven't really been, thinking about these types of things but we'll probably see a transaction like this if it were to happen made uh probably right before they enter this in-person camp which i don't even i don't know the i think july 26th is the date for that so um i mean if you like let's say i would ask you guys this question right now let's say it is artavis pierce rb3 rb2 uh is Tariq cohen rb1 is montgomery i mean you know how much of an upgrade is it if you get Lashawn mccoy like quantify that for me um okay this, this is the thing i I really like Artavis Pierce. Um, I watched him at Oregon State last year. He was phenomenal. He was a pretty sure he was a four-star recruit coming out. So um, he was he's been a, a big deal since high school. Um, but let's not forget this guy was an undrafted. I mean, he's an undrafted rookie. So I we can't. I think we're placing a little bit too much um, hope in him. I think we just got to play it by ear. Um, that's why I'll, I'll always roll with the season vet. I think you know. It, there's no there's no re- right answer to this uh, just based on how you um, evaluate Artavis Pierce, um, but I think we're much better off with a seasoned vet just because we're trying to win now. I think that's that's the bottom line. We're trying to win now. Got to get guys that can contribute right away because you know you don't want to you don't want to have Artavis Pierce as RB three and then you find out the dude literally can't play. So <laughs> I, I'll go with the seasoned vet and and I think we're much better off. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of that same vein where. Because when I said Lamar Miller or Spencer Ware, because if you sign LaShawn McCoy, you're expecting him to be RB1, especially the money he'll kind of command. Because I mean, well, I mean, after what he did no, with the no, Chiefs, no, no, he, no. He, he played pretty well with it. Like, you're expecting him. Okay, let me rephrase that. You're expecting, if you sign LaShawn McCoy, you're expecting him to have a bigger role than just an RB3. Whereas if you sign like a Spencer Ware, He's fine. He already knows his role is that change of pace back where he comes in on certain packages or certain downs, whereas LaShawn McCoy would want or would command even, I would uh, venture okay. to say. I, I mean, I think – I mean, LaShawn McCoy played well last year. When he got to the Chiefs, he played well. So I think when he walks in the locker room, I think he would be commanding a bigger role than just an RB3. At least – at the very least, I think he would want RB2 kind of role, like where – you know, kind of the way, because cause here's the way I see it, too. He's kind of got that, you know, Cohen's himself. Co- Cohen's unique. He's got that very, like, he's his own entity. But I think McCoy and Montgomery are fairly similar in what their role would be. 
So I think then you're kind of muddying the lines, whereas, you know, you want Cohen to be the rookie. You want him to be Baukow. You want mm-hmm. him to take the reins and run with it, um, literally and figuratively. So I think you'd rather have someone like, I mean, you know, Lamar Miller is almost 30. Spencer Ware has always been that change of pace kind of guy, except when someone gets injured. So I don't think you want to go for the big splash that you would have with McCoy, whereas you can get someone like Miller or Ware or ProSice or who have you, where they already are used to that kind of role. Because you bring him to Sean McCoy and say, all right, you're RB3. You're only coming in on these packages. He's going to be like, screw that. Maybe. Like, I don't I don't know if that's true, though, man. Like, I, like, I feel like, one, there hasn't been a market for him. Um, two, I think he's, he's there's been a market for anybody. Look at the well, state of the world. Well, that's true, but that's kind of that's kind of what I'm seeing. So, like, if 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 it continues like this, like, are all these free agents just gonna stay free agents, or you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's one of those things where he, he's getting up there in age. Um, you know, it, it's and I'm sure if the Bears brought him in, they would they would talk to him about his role. I, I don't think it would be something that would be you know up in the air or anything like that. Um, so I, I think he would know his role. In my opinion, if we were to bring in uh, LaShawn McCoy, at best, at absolute best, I think he's like he's part of a committee like 60-40 at best. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I I kind of get what you're saying. I, I mean, I definitely get what you're saying uh, with the whole Spencer Ware thing, but I just don't know if LaShawn McCoy is still that same LaShawn McCoy. Right. He turns 32 in July. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that's going to be, I, I think, you know, he doesn't really have leverage mainly because of that. Sure. The only reason I would imagine LaShawn McCoy is the top guy we're picking is his familiarity with the system as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's, sure. that's important. That That's really important because again, I mean, when you talk about it, you're having a short in training camp, you bring the reason they brought Nick Foles is because of familiarity with the uh, the system. The reason you're going to, you would bring in a, a running back is, because of familiarity with the system. I think Spencer Ware was in Kansas City with Nagy for probably two years. I don't know exactly if that's correct, but so that's that's obviously another probably lead name. I mean, and he's also was on a $3 million contract last year. That salary would probably go down this year, but he still produced 646 all-purpose yards, only 464 of those running, though. So it's it, – but I, the reason I really asked this would-you-rather question in the first place is because I, I wonder if Tariq Cohen in this offense is really becoming a, a slot receiver. I mean, we, we saw last year his production at running back was not at a high level. Uh, he, he wasn't getting the ball a lot. When he did get the ball, it wasn't very productive. Now, some of that was his fault. Some of it wasn't. He was going on Twitter the other day saying, I'm, I'm going to be a north-south runner this year instead of an east-west runner. And then he he, he brought the receipt. He brought the receipts the other day on Twitter. <laughs> he did. Cohen went off on Twitter the other day. He responded to our video, uh, asking him what he was thinking on certain plays. Other people were going after him with some with certain videos and stuff. And and you look at those videos and you, you do see his explanations make sense. But you do yeah. where if he's a true north south runner, oh, which he won't be. He will never be a true north south runner. But if he emphasized that a little bit more, you you could see a lot more production from him. But it, it is interesting because the numbers don't lie when you look at his. Uh, productivity in the offense as far as number of plays run at running back versus number of plays run uh, as kind of a gadget player slot receiver Um, and it it just makes me wonder you know how much uh, they didn't rely on Mike Davis last year as we saw but (laughs) um, if Matt Nagy really did learn and said you know what the, the the successful way to win football games with this team is going to be running the football 
they're going to have to give the ball to somebody, and it's not just going to be Dave Montgomery. So, I mean, it, we have to keep an eye on this third running back situation. Yeah. And then another thing is, like, I I don't I don't view Tariq Cohen as a running back. I simply really I simply view him as a gadget player like that in my head. Like when like I, I just I have a hard time. Like I cringe when I when people say Tariq Cohen is a running back. Like when people say running really? back Tariq Cohen, I'm just like, dude, this guy is not a running back, man. Like, well, that surprises me. Because no, no, the Chris, I think the reason you think that is because of last year. But when like, it gets funny, because I go back to his rookie year, man, and I look at the plays against Atlanta, and I look at the overtime run against Pittsburgh, and I look at a lot of different plays, and I'm like, man, I mean, this guy was, you know, doing things as a running back. It's just, does he fit in this system as a running back? Yeah, but but look, but those plays you're talking about, like think about the ways they scheme to get him the open field. Like he's not. He's not making running back type moves to 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 make these plays in my opinion. I think they're using him as in in like a running back type of role, but he is a gadget player. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. That that's kind of how I see it. Like that's that's always been the thing with me, and that's why, in my opinion, um, I I don't think the Tariq Cohen gets another contract with the Bears. Like I I Ooh. I uh, I've been thinking long and hard about this for the past yeah. like couple months. Just you know quarantine thoughts. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, did the Bears bring uh, Tariq Cohen back? And I was thinking about it, and it's just like, man. The only thing is, this is the thing. If he comes back, if this season Tariq Cohen stinks it up, yeah, I mean, he won't be expensive. But at that point, would you even want to bring him back? And then if he does have a good season, you're feeling better about him, um, you know, in this offense. But at that point, it's like, is he too expensive for, you know, a guy that we view as, like, this gadget-type player? And that's kind of been, like, the main conversation for me, so... I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I said this earlier, he's his own entity. Tariq Cohen doesn't really have a position. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of in that in-between area somehow. But um, to say he doesn't get another contract, that is bold. I could see it for sure if he has a season like he did last year. But if he has a season like he did his rookie year, you're bringing the guy back. Like there's, yeah. No, yeah. you're not, yeah. you're not, uh, you're not passing on that because if he has one of those seasons like he did his rookie year, that's a valuable commodity to have. That is something that you could. That's a, that's a championship winning player right there, um, sure. if you use him correctly. So, um, and you know we've discussed this. I think a lot of things just went wrong last year. The tight end position, the offensive line, the quarterback play wasn't great. So I think there were a lot of things working against Tariq Cohen last year. Yeah. that I think will hopefully be ironed out this year. Um, I think he does get another contract, but you've already seen running backs don't get money anymore. And for a yeah. guy who is somewhere in between, maybe he'll get wide receiver money. Maybe he'll get running back money. Maybe it'll be somewhere in between. The Bears will probably value him more than any other team just because he's been there and he knows locker room and so on and so forth. Um, I could see it, though. I mean, if, if things don't work out, I can definitely see the Bears moving on. But I'm hoping... I'm hoping they keep him, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy to say that, Chris. He's not a mortal lock to return. I mean, that much. Sure. You look at certain players and you're like, mortal lock. He's back. He's not a mortal lock. It's a prove it year for him. I mean, he has to go out there, and a lot of his play is contingent on the play of the offensive line and, and really the, the plays that Matt Nagy calls. I mean, that you know, there were many a times where we looked at some of the plays and we're like, man, you know. That, that's just not the right play for Tariq Cohen to run. I mean, we that's just, you know, running him up the middle is just not the right move. <laughs> like, that's – and 
Maybe Matt Nagy figured that out, but I think I think because it's funny. I, I bring up his rookie year again, that year with John Fox and and Dowell Loggins, and, and you look like man, like Tariq Cohen had a great role in that offense, and they were using him all the right ways. And, and he really was his second year decent, yeah. But after his first year, I was thinking like this guy could be one of the best short players of in NFL history. Like he could be better than Darren Sproles all the time, the way he was trending. Um, and now it's a matter of you know, will he even get the correct opportunities? So it, it, it's, it's, yeah. That I want to piggyback off that because I think that kind of brings me to my point of what I was talking about. Like, I, I think he showed us very flashy, you know, he, he can pull off the flashy plays. He's fast. He's quick. Um, you know, he makes things happen for sure. But the thing is like, that's why I always say he's so limited as a player. Like you're meaning to tell me Dowell Loggins, was able to get the best out of Tariq Cohen, but Matt Nagy <laughs> hasn't been able to. That's not true. It's just not true. I think we just, I think he's just very capped as a player. And I think people just need to realize that. Like he's, he's not, he, there's nothing and there's nothing Tariq Cohen, in my opinion, can do realistically that, um, that will make him be more productive. Like I think he just is what he is as a player. Like, I mean, you know what you're getting out of him. I mean, that that's, you know what but, I mean? But but that's what I'm saying. Like what you're getting out of him is the only thing you're getting out of him. Like he's not gonna do the other stuff that people want him to do. He's you, not you get be, what you, you get what you see. You get what you see exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. Like people want him to be this complete running back. It's never gonna happen. It's right. not. Back when he was doing his Twitter thing, uh, some guy sent him a video. He responded. He quote tweeted, "Want to hear something y'all don't know about me? Power scheme and man scheme are my favorites." Yeah. That's 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 really interesting, right? Because yeah. how often is he running power scheme in that offense? Uh, and I and I don't know. And and that's where it's like, you know, maybe it's just better served for him to be on a different team in the future, just scheme wise. And uh, but you know, we don't know. Matt Nagy might figure it out. I have trust Matt Nagy to figure that kind of thing out. But it is interesting to keep an eye on. So. Uh, well, man, man scheme, I get it, because, I mean, we've seen him shake well, yeah, people out of the shoes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All but right, as far as power, I mean, we're thinking. Right, power was interesting. But, yeah. Uh, sticking with the Tariq Cohen theme, our last Would You Rather, and we'll close out the show with this one. Who would you rather have dinner with, Akeem <laughs> Hicks or Tariq Cohen? Assuming they're paying, of course. Yeah, that's what I said. Assuming they're paying, because, God, looking at Akeem Hicks, that man's ordering a nice appetizer. He's probably oh, ordering three I, steaks. I was thinking just looking at my cream. bank account. Oh, that, uh, that, that, yeah, I can't even afford either of them. But then Akeem Hicks, I mean, he's eating way more than Tariq is. Golly. Hey, wait, wait. You said you said they're paying? They're paying. Okay, they're if paying. they're paying, if they're paying, I'll go. You're Akeem going to Hicks. the Michael Jordan Steakhouse, Chris. Listen, listen. If if they're paying, I'll go Akeem Hicks just because I'll feel so much less guilty about ordering more food. <laughs> you know, what, you know what I mean. That's my boy, though. I I love you, Akeem. If you're watching this, you're the number one man. <laughs> yeah, yeah Akeem Hicks for me on that one. It's personality-wise. I mean, that's like who would be more fun to hang out with? Because they're both. I mean, they're hilarious dudes. Yeah. Well, you guys interact on Twitter. Well, I feel like I, I feel like Kevin. Like I feel like Tariq Cohen's more your guy because you're both like on that Fortnite grind, like just gaming <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. I feel like you two would get along real well. Oh yeah, that is true. That is Thanks. true. I remember Josh Wood saying Akeem Hicks would just roast everybody. So that's kind of another thing I would I would like to see <laughs> what he what he would have to say about other guys. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm going to Keem Hicks. He just seems like he's just a funny guy. Like I just think he'd be a, a, a good time to 
to hang out with. I think uh, probably seems like a guy, you know, go out for a couple of drinks, maybe after dinner too, hang out, see what, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I'm going to Akeem. Chris is going to Akeem. And uh, Kevin, are you going Tariq or are you going to Akeem? Give me Tariq. Come on. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Tariq. Like no, we said, no, they, no, both, no. they both oh, seem like no. excellent people, but. Yeah, and obviously we're going to the Michael Jordan Steakhouse. We're going to the Mike oh, Michael man. Jordan and Mike Dicka Steakhouse. We're not. You know what? Hey, Akeem, you can just take me to beat ups, brother. <laughs> that's, that's fine with me. <laughs> Nothing. Because we know serious. we know he's listening. Obviously. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. no, of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, boys, that does it for us. That's the end of the Would You Rather's. We talked Madden. We did some Would You Rather's. Good to talk to you guys as always. Good to get together, talk Bears. Uh, like I said, we have a very special episode coming for you guys later uh, this week or maybe next week. Um, if you like the Josh Woods episode, you guys will love this one, I think. Uh, so stay tuned to our Twitter for that announcement. But Kevin and Chris, always good to see you guys. You as well, yep. brother. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. All right. We will talk to everybody on the next episode. Stay tuned to our Twitter. Until then, stay safe. Bear down. Chicago.